Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, September the 21st, 2023. It is the 24th Thursday in Ordinary Time and also the Feast of St. Matthew. Our gospel reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisee saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So I love this reading. It's one of my favorite readings. Jesus did not come to call the righteous. If you're a righteous person, according to his words, you don't have a place in the kingdom of heaven. Now, does that mean we're not called to pursue righteousness? Well, of course not. Does that mean we're not supposed to strive for righteousness with all of our ability? Do good and avoid evil. Of course, of course, we know the rules. However, I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect in this life. And the perfection that I will God willing achieve will be the Lord uh, basically purifying me to be able to get into heaven, and then I will be confirmed in grace. This is my prayer for me and for all of you, for all of us, that God will confirm us in grace at the end of our lives. But we don't get to heaven because, you know, I'm some great person or you're some great person and because we've done all these great things. Rather, it's only God's mercy. Without God's mercy, we all go to hell plain and simple. With his mercy, though, we can claim his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven. We can claim that grace. We claim the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and upon ourselves. We receive good things, including eternal happiness, because it's given to us. Of course, we have to cooperate with it. We have to play our part. But this is so important. Let's just go back a little bit to Matthew. Matthew is sitting there. Now, if anybody's seen The Chosen, okay, it's interesting how they present Matthew. He's autistic. Is that what, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We. It's not that that's actually been said as a diagnosis. But Matthew is very, very intelligent, but very, very socially awkward. Almost seems like somebody with special needs, but but truly brilliant and just an outcast of society. His people hate him, and he doesn't really care, and he doesn't even really know how to connect with people socially. He's just, he's not there. He's not able to do it. Can we call Matthew pre-conversion a great sinner? Well, by societal standards among the Jewish people, yes, Um, can we judge him for his actions? No, we're not supposed to judge anybody, but I mean, especially if he's got issues of one form or another, who knows, who knows really, 
I, Matthew on the TV show reminds me a little bit of Mr. Spock. He's all logic. So he's all just living in his head. And he realizes if I do this job, I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm very smart. I can do the job. So in the show, it's more a question of Matthew maybe is understood. Matthew is struggling. Matthew doesn't know who he is. Jesus comes along and Matthew, it's not just that he's going to be saved through this and follow the Redeemer and transform his life. I mean, we're going to see that happen over time, but it's even just this idea that, well, I don't have any friends and Jesus is called Jesus, this great man who's, who has crowds of people following him. He's asking me to be his friend. Now, is that really the story of the gospels? We don't know. We don't know the true historical story that it necessarily happened exactly that way, but still it's powerful and it's beautiful. Let's just look at what we do know. Matthew is an outcast. Generally speaking, the people hate tax collectors. Matthew is looked at the way we would look at a drug dealer, somebody making a lot of money, taking advantage, or, or like a pimp, somebody like that, somebody in the human trafficking, somebody that takes advantage of his own people and takes advantage of the poor and the lowly. And Jesus comes along and says, follow me. Now, in that other gospel passage where Jesus talks to the rich young man, it says he looks at him lovingly. It doesn't say that here, but there's got to be something to that effect going on because he comes up to him out of nowhere. Follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows him. Jesus offers all of us that invitation. Who knows exactly what he looks like when he's looking at you, looking at me, but you know, he made us. He loves us insanely. And for Matthew to respond so quickly, once again, who knows exactly what's going into that response, but he follows him. Maybe it's even just out of curiosity. But then Jesus goes to his house and once again, a beautiful scene. Jesus spending time with tax collectors and sinners. I often think of this when I spend time with students. <laughs> Except I don't compare them to tax collectors and sinners. I compare us to Isaac Jogues going among the Mohawk Indian tribe that eventually is going to kill him. So I'm not as complimentary towards my students. Generally, I compare them to wild natives who want nothing good for me. But still, I will I will try to reach them, try to talk to them, try to be with them. And teenagers by their nature are crazy anyway. And that's okay to say that we've all been there. Their hormones are raging, and from day to day, they are literally a different person, psychologically speaking. They don't know who they are yet, and there's so much in growth and in transition. But anyway, getting back to Jesus here, he's with tax collectors, he's with sinners, and they're the outcasts, and who knows what's going on here? Is it like a convention of uh, drug dealers? Is it a convention of like homeless people, just like, you know, poor souls? Maybe there's some mental illness there. Who knows? but he gets criticized for it. And this is, if you are a genuine Christian, you're going to get criticized. And I love this line. It's one of my favorite lines in the Bible. Those who are well do not need the physician, but the sick do. I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, this is the thing. And this is where I get into sometimes little arguments about the faith with family members and loved ones. Going to church all the time doesn't make you better. Me going to church all the time doesn't make me better. 
people who go to church, those people, that, that, that family, this group, that doesn't make them better. And that doesn't mean that they're trying to say that they're better than the rest of us. Just because this one wears a dress and that one wears a hat, whatever, all the comparing, comparing that we do with other people. It's not about us being better. It's about us needing the Savior. You're only receiving God's grace and God's help if you approach him with humility and you say, have mercy on me, O Lord, I am a sinner. That's the only way this works. I always like to say there's two types of people in the world, people working on their stuff and people who don't work on their stuff. Notice what I did there. They all have stuff. We all have stuff to work on. We are all sick. We all need the physician. But there's two types of people. Are you going to admit that you have defects and weaknesses and say to the physician, yes, Lord, I need you? Or are you going to, whether it's within yourself or on the outside, act as if or speak as if you don't need a savior? And if you go to church, well, it's just because, you know, this is what we do, us good people. Because you know what? If that's where you are and therefore your heart is closed, you're not going to receive God's mercy, God's grace, God's love, God's peace. I wonder how the Blessed Mother approaches that line <laughs> of, uh, you know, only the, only the sick need a physician. I know she prays for us. She prays for our sicknesses. She didn't have any, you know, moral sicknesses. Uh, she prays for us. She prayed for the people. She prayed for the people of her time. There's beautiful stories out there of her being a mother to the early church and to the apostles and intervening for them. She didn't have her own illnesses and yet she was the perfect follower. But I'm sure our lady recognized that even her immaculate conception was a gift of grace. It was not her own doing. And therefore that puts her in the camp with the rest of us, someone needing to be redeemed. So this is the message for today, ladies and gentlemen. Always recognize I am a sinner. Always recognize I need the Savior. And to the degree that we open ourselves and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, come in. Lord, fix me. Lord, heal me. To that degree, then we have a claim on his mercy, his grace, his love, his forgiveness. Have a great day, everyone. God bless you.